Al, do you remember the far-flung past of 2013? Oh, God, that's when I started my PhD. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I do remember. That was when I restarted college. <laughs> Yay. A, a monumental year for the two of us. <laughs> yep. I guess in in different variations. <laughs> uh, but that's not that's not all. Mm. That is not all. Uh, we're going to talk about a, uh, a show that came out in the latter portion of 2013. Today, here on the Season Lamp Checkup OVA. You know, it's a podcast. It is. It's where we talk about anime, video games, and manga. This is episode number 90. The Big wow. Nine O. Wow. We are... Cruising. We are cruising to being in a senior citizen home. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at 90 we probably already would be. Yeah, we're, we're very much in there. Hanging out with all the old folks like, Did you play some Baccarat today, Jimmy? <laughs> uh, I'm Jared, joined, as always, by Doc Al and Ladium. Hello. And we are here to talk to you about a show that I watched in 2013. Mm-hmm. You watched a little bit more recently. Yeah, it was earlier this year. <laughs> by that, almost five years later. In, Whoops. uh Kyokai no Kanata, or Beyond the Boundary. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the action show from Kyoto Animation. And that's literally the, like, main reason that I watched this, is that I saw that it was Kyoto Animation, and after watching the other, like, Hyoka on that, I'm like, all right, I'll give this a shot. And I didn't even tell you that I was watching it, because I forgot. Yeah, you're like, you're like, so, uh, should we, we should talk about Beyond the Boundary at some point. I was like, wait, what the f***? You, you watch that show? <laughs> I totally forgot to tell you I was watching it because I thought that I told you. No. And then, like, I, I ended up telling you that I was watching it and we should talk about it. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> if you would have told oh me, my... I would totally would have rewatched that with you. I know. I just, I <laughs> totally thought that I had told you. And then I realized that I hadn't. And it's probably because I started watching it, like, 5 a.m. at one day. That, that, that sounds about right. Yeah. It sounds totally on brand for me was this a show that i recommended to you no it okay. wasn't i uh i just looked at the the kyoto animation stuff you're just like okay I'll, I'll look at this i'll check this out yeah i i like the art and it sounded neat so i was <laughs> i was in and like all right main character is cute she has glasses and a little pink haircut so got a nice cardigan hair. she has a sweet cardigan i'm a little jealous of that cardigan <laughs> Uh, for me, it was a little bit different because 2013 was the year I got back into anime. Because of Attack on Titan, right? Because of Attack on Titan. You can read that on Crunchyroll and then see why people got mad at me for that piece. <laughs> uh, but regardless of that, like, um, there had been trailers out for this for the show before it came out, like earlier in the year. And just the animation quality looked f***ing phenomenal. And it is. It, yeah, phenomenal. exactly. It is. Uh, and then over the summer, I watched uh, K-On, which is another Kyoto animation joint. That you have recommended. For which me. is also fantastic. And 
that obviously led me to obviously like I knew about the show from the trailers. I was like, I should check this out. And then knowing that, Oh, this was from the makers of, from the studio behind K on, I was like, okay, I should definitely check this out. And it was a incredibly fun ride to watch from beginning to end over the course of the fall season of 2013. Like I super, super enjoyed this show. Yeah. And I mean, like in my opinion, it has problems, which we'll talk about in a minute, but like overall, I really, really liked it. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Um, cause I mean, it had like cute romance and also action and yeah. it was pretty rad. And, and it's, that's, like, that's, really well-done action. Yeah, it was. Like, it was beautifully done. It wasn't, like, oh, cool, we're powering up our laser for five episodes action. Uh... <laughs> it's just that for, like, 30 minutes. <laughs> um, God. And, like, I'll be honest with you. In the opening of it, like, where you see her and she's, like, looking like she's going to commit suicide on the roof and he yells at her to stop and then she like stabs him through the chest with her sword. Right? I was automatically in. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's a, it's a wild start. Because you're like, what? 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 And he's just like, can you please pull this out? I'm like, what? What is happening? Why did you stab him? Oh. How did he not die? So I was like automatically on board because like that is... A great way to start a series is just to have the protagonist stab the other protagonist, deuteragonist. It really is. And, uh, so these are... The, the anime is adapted from a series of white novels that came out uh, a year prior in 2012, uh, published by Kyoto Animation. Unfortunately, they have not been released in English, which is pretty much part of the course in terms of just light novels in general, because you don't really see a lot of those getting thrown or pushed over to... To English-speaking audiences, unfortunately. Like, an example of this is that... Um, Please don't talk about the Danganronpa one. No, 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 no. Because um, that one was trash. Which that, never, that never got even put out in English. Outside of the fan sub, I think. Or fan yeah, translation. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying, that was terrible. Toradora is a series that came out, like, five or six years ago. The anime, at least. And... The light novels that the anime is based off of are just now coming out in English. Wow. And it's years after the fact. Wow. So, yeah, like, light novels are a little bit less pressing than manga, per se, in terms of, like, just licensing and bringing them out over here. Uh, But, yeah, then it was eventually brought over as an anime uh, directed by Taichi Ishidate from Kyoto Animation. He would also go on later to direct Violet Evergarden, which is also an an, an action-focused show from Kyoto Animation, which makes a lot of sense that he would do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, heading up the writing of the show is actually someone that's very interesting. It is uh, Juki Hanada. And they have done a lot of things that I have been into, which we were just talking about before we, we started recording. Uh, just as an example... Uh, they did series composition, which we just learned about mm-hmm. as being like the head writer, essentially. Uh, they were series composition on uh, this year's A Place Further Than the Universe. Okay, which I am about to watch. Yeah, which is a f- fantastic show. Uh, Beyond the Boundary, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Live and Love Live Sunshine. <gasps> what? Yeah. Uh, Princess Jellyfish, which is also really good. The two seasons of Sound Euphonium, 
and also the anime adaptations of Steins Gate. Okay. And then they also did script work on Place Earth in the Universe, Beyond the Boundary, Chobits. <gasps> Chobits. Uh, K-On, and also okay. the two seasons of Sound Euphonium. So yeah, like, <laughs> I was like looking at this and I was like, oh, 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 this is a lot of stuff I've enjoyed <laughs> in the past. Yeah, it was funny because you were talking about this before we hit the record button and you're like, oh, oh, and I'm like, what is it? Like, oh. I'm curious now. And so now I'm finding out. Yeah. Okay. Everything makes sense now. So that's a, <laughs> it makes sense why I like a lot of those shows that I like are things that I like essentially, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when things have similar teams, it, it works. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the the series. Actually, I have one question for you. Let's, let's hear your question. I, I just made a question from the audience. That I, I'm curious what your thoughts are on okay. it. Who do you think is the protagonist, and who do you think is the deuteragonist? Because I've already made my thoughts known on it. I just said it, but I, I'm curious what you think because I've read things on the internet about it that go one way and I don't agree with it. I can see how people could see it both ways, but to mm-hmm. me, Kiriyama is the protagonist. Akihito is the deuteragonist. That's how I would see it. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, like, yes, it, Akihito, Akihito. That's the, I trust me. <laughs> that trips me up so much. <laughs> <laughs> My one love is Akihiko. So saying Akihito is more difficult for you me. You have but, no um, idea how many times I've, switched those up around when this show was airing oh but um the worst i I mean ultimately it it's kuriyama's journey yes exactly like the main focus here like yes he also matters that's why he's deuteragonist and not just like a side character but i i really think she's protagonist here yeah i i I completely agree with you which then brings up the whole idea of like this is an anime, an action anime that is headed by like a fourteen-year-old girl is pretty rad. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, that you don't see that as often. But like I said, I've seen lots of arguments online that would say that she is not, and they're wrong. Well, it fits within this time period because, like, you know, I think a year or two before this, you had Madoka Magica, which came out, and that was a fully female-led magical girl deconstruction yeah so like this is you can definitely place like shows like this where it's like a female-led action show and have that be relevant in that time period well and uh your your script whatever person is very good at having a good lady leads yeah just like look at like a place where the universe is like all female beyond the boundary female lead uh love live uh Nietzsche Joe's on here. That's definitely another one. Princess Jellyfish is one. Sound Euphonium is definitely one. Uh, K-On. You could you could argue Chobits. Yeah. There's a t- and- <laughs> there's a ton of stuff on here. Yeah, it's it's on brand. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. So um, I guess we're gonna go ahead and talk about the series. I've already spoiled to you what happens in the first episode. Like I mean, that, that happens in the first five get- minutes. <laughs> Right, that's how you get introduced to these characters, is that she's on the roof, she looks like she's gonna jump, he's like, 
no, you shouldn't do that. She stabs him through the chest. Um, he's basically yelling at her that she is a bespectacled beauty or something of yep. that sort. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that it'd be a waste for her to lose her life. Um, it's really a fabulous way to, to kick off this series. And honestly, it's interesting because this show is not like a comedy Right. But it has so much humor throughout, and because otherwise it would be way too heavy. Yeah, there are a lot of, like you said, like there's a lot of heavy thematic themes throughout this entire series. That if they don't break it up with comedic elements or just silly things in general, like it would just be incredibly pressing on the viewer. Yeah, it would. Which is like um, it's interesting because you bring that up, like. um you know this because you read it over last night. Like one of the shows that I've written about recently and have been really drawn to throughout the, like the actual current anime season is Hanibato, uh, the badminton anime. And a lot of the complaints about that show is that it is super, super focused on drama mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of like attempts to make like it happy or like bringing comedy or anything like it is very much like you're going to get a butt ton of drama force fed to you and that is how we are telling the story which is kind of like like you said like that's one way you could do drama and like it can it can definitely wane on people if that is the Mm -hmm. way you 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 push your drama but this goes in a little bit different direction to make it you know there are still those very intense and dramatic moments but they're offset at times as well for with like, you know, just goofy stuff that they throw in. It's good. It's really, really good. Like there's one episode that we'll talk about later that's like <laughs> pure comedy. Yeah. Um so after the whole stabbing incident, we get to learn a little bit more about uh the characters in the world. So we learned that uh Akihito is basically a how do they pronounce it? Half Yomu, half Yomu. Yeah, that's, that's it. Um, so it's essentially like a half demon type thing. So he's basically Inuyasha, <laughs> except for, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so he's immortal. He's just not a dog. And he's not a dog. Uh, well, Inuyasha wasn't technically a dog. He just See, this is why dog. you like the show. It basically is, it's, it's the new version of Inuyasha. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. But also short, which helps. Um, so she's been trying to kill him because it turns out that she is a, what do they call them? Spirit world warriors, something like that. Yeah. She, um, she hunts Yomu. Yep. So, um, she's been trying to kill him or stalking him in order to kill him. And obviously the stabbing through the chest proves that she can't do it. He can't die. So she just practices on him a lot. Yeah. Which is like one of the greatest introductions of these characters. You get to learn their dynamic because she's just like randomly sneaking up behind him and stabbing him, and he's like, "Nope, still not dead. You know, still, still alive." Or gets a bucket placed on her head, and she gets very lost. Yeah, that's that's adorable. <laughs> um, we also get to learn that Akito is in the uh, literary club. Wow, that's something that we haven't seen before. Um, making an anthology, also something we haven't seen before. Kyoto Animation never, they definitely did not repeat an idea there or anything. <laughs> um, and so we get to meet a new character. And that's uh, Mitsuki. And she is, uh, Nase is how I would pronounce it. Is yeah, that right? I think so. Um, so 
the Nase family is a very prominent family. Well, I think we learned that later. Um, she is basically like Akihito's best friend in a way. They're, they tease each other constantly. And, um, but she's also saying, like, you need to stay away from Kuriyama. And so that's one thing that I really liked about this episode is you're starting to get, like, all kinds of weird dynamics within, like, the very first episode. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't usually get that. But you're starting to figure out, like, okay, this is this situation. Like, she's saying for a reason to stay away from her. And it can't just be because she's trying to repeatedly stab him. <laughs> um, even though he does say that it hurts. So that's interesting. I wouldn't expect that. He's, he's immortal, but he still feels pain. Correct. Um, so Kuriyama is... Um, Revealed that she is from a clan that uses their own blood to make weapons, which is why her rad sword exists. Mm -hmm. um, which I have seen some beautiful gifts of her just like summoning that sword. I'm like, oh, that's rad. That's some straight up like animation porn right there. It's great. <laughs> and not animation porn in like, you know, in that sense. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, good introduction you get some uh battling of some yomu in there and um which character is this i don't remember who this person is who are you which person okay cool <laughs> um shizuku ninomiya she she's a teacher yeah i was about to say she's like the she's like a teacher or something Okay, so she's the one that, like, is running through the school and, like, breaking all the windows. And is like, yeah, they'll clean it up later. Right? Right. Okay. And so um, they're able to clear out that Yomu. You get, that's your real introduction to what a Yomu is. Because Akihito is not a good example of what they look like. Mm -hmm. And also you learn um, through this, like, that Kiriyama's kind of bad at it. Yeah, she has a hard time killing um, and that you get like a stone when they die that mm -hmm. you can turn in for monies. And Kiriyama is very poor. Yeah, poor girl. That's like a <laughs> recurring thing in there that she's super poor. And then we find out that uh, she has a Yomu in her house and it it's basically haunting her. <laughs> she's like, I can't kill it. I don't know what to do. And uh, so he decides, okay, well, I will help you. We will get the Yomu out of your house. So we have a lot happening here. We have like the introduction of the characters. We have a blossoming friendship that is taboo. It's not allowed, really. Mm -hmm. um, we meet our crazy teacher. Uh, we find out that Akihito has a fetish for glasses, which I didn't know was a thing. <laughs> um, by the way... Maybe don't go on the Wikipedia page for that, um, FYI. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Because um, I was like, huh, glasses fetish, that's a thing? I didn't realize it was a thing. Click, oh! Yeah, don't do that. Uh, okay, so the next episode is more of us figuring out how this Yomu fighting works. And so we have a... Akihito and uh, 
Kiriyama fighting together to try and clear out her house. Uh, and she battles it, and she's really good at battle. She's not good at killing. Mm-hmm. And um, essentially her one drive on it is that she needs money. That's like the one reason that she's like, all right, I got to do this. I don't want to kill it, but I have to. I need to get paid. <laughs> I need money. And this is where we learn about her ring, mm-hmm. which um, she takes off her ring and it amplifies her powers. And so that's a thing that becomes prominent in the series is that ring she usually keeps it on but if she if it comes off you know she's serious right um so she's able to kill it and she uh she gets her her stone so akito is like all right now i will take you so you can get money out of this stone so he introduces her to this entire crew that um has two humanoid yomus Mm -hmm. right yes um, which one of them is like a little kitty. She's adorable. She has like baby diabangs, but, uh, the appraiser basically says that like, it's not worth anything, which is tragic yeah. because she's so poor. It's like, oh. Um, I felt really terrible, but then, you know, she gets involved with this group. So she learns a little bit more about the area and, uh, Is this, yeah, this is where we meet Hiromi. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hiromi is my main problematic of the series, in my opinion. Um, he's a good character, but God, he's annoying. He's a weirdo. <laughs> he's so weird. So Hiromi is um, the brother of Mitsuki. Yeah. And... He wears a scarf all the time because due to his abilities, he is also uh, a Yomu hunter, I guess. Um, Makes him very cold. He he gets cold. And like one of the running gags is that he likes to put his hands in Akihito's armpits. Mm -hmm. Um, But Akihito does not like that. So I'm like, oh, there's kind of some boundaries there. And uh, also he's like grossly obsessed with his sister. Right. Oh, that bothered me a lot. Like he's grossly obsessed with his sister. Yeah, it's one of the and, like, main like just detractments from the series is that. I mean, most of the detractments of the series is all in her own. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's just weird, like consent issues with Akihito because Akihito does not want to be felt up, and then uh, you know, his sister. This is a really weird relationship, and yeah, you know, I was hoping at some point that they were gonna do the whole Japanese thing where they're like not really related, but no, they're really related, and he still is like really grossly obsessed with her, and he's like, "Well, you know, it's it's the little sister thing." I'm like, Ooh. as a little sister, I am severely grossed out by this. And um, like it, it becomes like a running thing of whether or not she's going to use like this respectful term for older brother, the cute term for older brother. And he keeps asking for the cute one. She only does it in like really emotional moments. 
Right. Which ruins those emotional moments. <laughs> Please don't make them weird and sexual. Um, so he's he's a good character in certain ways, but also I kind of hate him. <laughs> um, one of the most interesting parts about this episode is the whole thing with uh, Akihito's mom in the card. Yeah. Um, she's crazy. Yeah. Like, absolutely crazy. And she dresses up in costumes. And apparently in this form of, like, modern day, postcards can talk yeah, and like, move. We have, like, holographs, essentially. And, um, I remember there's a funny gag in, like, a few of the episodes of the postcards where he's like, nope, nope, we're not, we're not doing this anymore. Because mom's either saying something embarrassing or dressed up embarrassing. And he's just yeah. like, nope. No, we're we're good. We don't need to see any of this. And everybody's like, "No, actually, we really need to see that." So maybe, maybe activate it again. That'd be great. Um, so she's really, really crazy. Yeah. Um, and she is telling him to basically avoid Hollow Shadow, mm -hmm. which is a super powerful Yomu um, incoming, and it's. Like our first big arc of the series, honestly, is the Hollow Shadow arc. Yeah. So that's really this episode. She uh she's able to use the money she got to have have food with Akihito. So they get their little little date in. Uh and she reveals that she killed somebody. That's why she has an issue with killing other people, mm -hmm. like Yomu. Um so that's a big thing to drop at a beef bowl place. <laughs> so when you just when you also, drop all your very serious uh, backstories in the beef bowl place, is it because we will meet you there? Yes. <laughs> Wrong, Aki. That's another thing is that uh, Hiromi calls him Aki, but they spell it different than how they do in Persona. Right. They do like A K K E Y. Instead of AKI. And AKI. So, um, we end up getting some, uh, some interactions between Mitsuki and, um, Koryama in this episode because Koryama is chasing a Yomu and Mitsuki is able to kill it. And then she's like, here, you can have the thing. And this is also, um, where you meet. Mitsuki's little Yomu that she keeps with her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like the little like squirrel-looking thing. Mm -hmm. Um, because she helps, and so you figure out at certain points like there are Yomu that are not worth killing. This little squirrel Yomu not worth killing. The two people who run the appraisal shop not worth killing. Akihito probably not worth killing. Um, so it's an interesting dynamic they establish in the sense that like there are bad Yomu and then there are good Yomu and you kind of have to like know the difference. Mm -hmm. um, which is never really clarified in terms of like what that difference is other than like appearance. Like this Yomu is adorable so we're not going to kill it. This Yomu looks like a person at certain points, so we're not going to kill it. This one's grotesque. We're going to kill it. But it might like be the nicest Yomu in the world. We don't know. Um, 
So then we have the introduction of uh, our, I don't want to say antagonists in the main sense. They're kind of antagonists. The uh, <clears throat> the one guy is Moroku. He always has like the milk thing with it and it's really weird. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Izumi, who is another Nase, but she's more of like a... A mystery yeah. than the other two. The other two are pretty blatant about what they're about, and Azumi is very Mysterious. shadowy. So they're talking about Hollow Shadow, and everybody's prepping for for that event. Um, because last time it appeared, like it was able to take out several really high-ranking Spirit World warriors. So that was an issue. Um. Meanwhile, Akito's still trying to get Koryama to like hang out with him and join their their club. So Koryama decides at some point that she's gonna go after Hollow Shadow, which is not the best idea because she's not having a good time with killing them in the first place. And also, Hollow Shadow is like a really intense one, apparently. She's like YOLO. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, all right, cool. You, this one's coming in. I need money. Let's do this. Uh, but there are other reasons. And um, this is where we learn about her <clears throat> adoption into the other clan. Mm-hmm. Um, forget the, the name of Sakura's. Oh, Sakura's sister's name, Yui, right? Yeah, the Inami clan. Inami, thank you. I remember the the Yui name because it's baby metal. So she's taken in by that clan and um, Sakura is the younger sister. Yui was the older sister and Koryama was really good friends with Yui and basically considered her like her sister and uh, ended up actually killing her. Koryama actually killed her, and so that was the person that she killed that was revealed at the Beef Bowl place. And uh, so we we end up getting Hollow Shadow appearing in the city, and we know all this is going on with uh, Koryama. And um, we find out that the Hollow Shadow had possessed Yui, and so that was the whole reason that she was she killed her. But also that's why she has this vendetta against it and wants to take it out even though she's like a baby warrior. So you have like the major warriors who are taking this on and they're trying to build these like they have the cages that they build. Which is like a I guess guess it's a form of a barrier right? Right yeah. Um, The cage is really interesting thing and it seems like the Nase family is really good at building cages Mm because that's like their main thing that they do whenever people show up they're just like alright time to build a cage <laughs> so Sakura is also trying to take down Koryama at the same time that Koryama is trying to take down Hollow Shadow so um, Sakura has decided that uh, she needs to get revenge on her sister she has like a sweet weapon um, I'm trying to remember what it what it's called but it's basically like an artificial weapon that she gets. And um, Akihito basically stands in and is like trying to stop Sakura from attacking Kuriyama. And that's 
really our first start of the the hollow shadow arc right so then (laughs) we get like the on drugs episode (laughs) um but we get to deal with a lot of issues here um we're essentially like in the hollow shadow at this point right yeah and Akihito's there with Kuriyama. She's basically yelling at Akihito the whole time, like, why are you here? Please go away. This is mine. And um, Sakura's chasing them, trying to kill her the whole time. And it's this crazy, like, maze. There's this one part with the escalators. It's so visually stunning. Like, I love that escalator scene because of just how pretty it is. Um. And also, they're just fighting the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, meaning, Akihito and Kuriyama are fighting. Like, they're arguing with each other. <laughs> and eventually, they end up at uh, basically a mental replication of where she killed Yui. And the Hollow Shadow starts looking like Yui. And Akihito is key and making her realize, like, that is not her that's not her you need to kill it and um, otherwise she's gonna die and so basically she uses like her blood as um, like an attack method against this thing right I believe so yeah and so that's how she ends up like taking it down in a way Um, but then something terrible happens. <laughs> uh, apparently, Akihito should not be anywhere near these things, which is what his mom was trying to warn him of on the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the the Hollow Shadow ends up possessing him, and uh, he's basically saying, "Like, you need to kill me. Just do it." And. Um, Everybody comes and they're fighting against him because he's like not with it anymore. Right, um, like his uh, he, his Yomu side is like taken over by this point. Right, like he can't speak anymore. He's getting getting like weird like jaw issues. Like his jaw starts like splitting. Um, it's terrifying and it's again visually stunning. Um, and everybody else is there, like our main characters are there setting up cages like trying to keep him in and um so he's basically yomu at this point and is losing his mind and uh so yeah he is destructive very very destructive and it's not at this point i don't think that we find out that he ended up like almost killing hiromi but Eventually, we find that out. Mm-hmm. Might have been this point. I don't remember. Anyway, Kuriyama ends up saving him with a hug. <laughs> the Yay! power of hugs compel you. It's true. <laughs> um, but it it really wears on him because, like, once he comes back to his human form, he's like, "Oh God, what have I done?" Um. So he, he he's struggling with his half Yomu side and his destructive side and 
I think it gives them a bit of a connection that they didn't have before because now she sees like, okay, wow, you also can be really, really destructive and I've killed a person. So like, I I think that it helps with their relationship Mm -hmm. as weird as that sounds. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. You know, you killed somebody and I destroyed like half a town, but we're the same. Um. We get some some shady stuff happening with Moroku again, which again Inuyasha because Moroku is also a character in Inuyasha. I don't know <laughs> if you remember that. Wow. Yep. So yeah, uh, the the stone. I don't remember. At some point, she gets a stone, right? I think so. And so, um, anyway, Hollow Shadow has been defeated, and. That's one of the weird things is that like they set this up to be this major thing, but then like Hollow Shadow Arc is done by like episode five. Right. And you're like, okay, so what's gonna happen here? Because they took out like one of the major antagonists of the series. So in the next episode, she actually does decide she's gonna have like normal life ish. So she joins the club and she's hanging out with the the kiddos now. Um, you get more like hints that Moroku is a scheming jerk with his <laughs> weird milk when they go to the, the Nase house, which I think this is more where you find out that like their family is an extremely powerful family in right. the world. Um, Kuriyama gets her, uh, her license revoked. <laughs> Whoops. Because uh, she went against orders and tried to fight Hollow Shadow, uh, which is bad for her because she's poor. Um, and then she ends up getting a part-time job at the uh, appraisal shop, essentially. Um, but they also have a restaurant and all kinds of different things there. And uh, one of the things that she does is take pictures, get pictures taken of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yikes. Um, and I can't remember exactly if they show like all the posing in this episode, but boy, howdy. It's awkward. Because it's like, hey, we're going to take all these weird like pin-up sexy photos. And then you find out that like the main person buying these is Akihito. Yep. <laughs> like, ah, Akihito, stop. Don't be weird. <laughs> oh, Lantern Festival. Lantern Festival. Um, for the record, I'm actually like trying to skim through uh, these things to figure out like what happened in the episodes because <laughs> I, I remember like the overarching thing, and I'm like, okay, I know where we're going, but I have to remember what we took to get there. And um, I remember the Lantern Fester- Festival was pretty funny because the teacher's like, I got a hot date at that festival. <laughs> um, which it should be mentioned that like this teacher acts like she's younger than the main characters. <laughs> yeah. Like she acts way younger than the main four. And whether that's a good thing or a bad thing is up for debate because it's, it's a little bizarre. But um Basically, like, Mitsuki and Kuriyama decide, like, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to go to this thing. It, which is, again, good because you see them actually starting to become friends. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I was worried when I first started this series because Mitsuki was like, no, you can't hang out with her. And I was like, oh, God, no, please don't have them fight. I don't like this. But, like, by this point, they're solidly becoming friends, which is great. And, yes, this is uh, this is the part where we get the creepy photo shoot. Uh, and then we find out that Akito's really having a hard time dealing with the fact that he uh, turned into his Yomu form. Yep. Uh, which is understandable because he, uh, he's destructive in that form. He doesn't have any control in that form and he's hurt people in that form. Mm -hmm. So, uh, they're able to learn more about him in that way. And they all go to the festival because... Kuriyama and Mitsuki go as friends, and then Akihito and Hiromi are there as friends. They're like, oh, hey, we're all here. Friends. Uh, we all are friends. We're all good. And um, that was cute. Again, it establishes more of them like becoming more of a solid group. And I liked that, that it wasn't just the two. It was this group of four that has to work together. Um, even if one of them is extremely creepy. Um, <laughs> this summer is like her hobby of bonsai trees and Akito deduces his gar her gardening hobby is the culprit <laughs> behind her financial problems. She loves her bonsai trees. She loves her bonsai trees. She really does, and it's so cute. Like, she gets really, really stoked whenever she sees bonsai trees. Um, but she's always, like, struggling to buy the cheapest food, and Akito's always, like, hanging out with her, and she's like, I want to order this food, and it goes in her wallet. She's like, oh, and he, he pays for her. That happens several times throughout the series. It's really cute. Um, so, this episode was good. We needed this episode. <laughs> because everything's been like serious, serious, serious. So we've had a few like jokes here and there, but this one is basically all humor all the time. And so there's a there's a Yomu that's on top of their school and uh we're gonna fight it. But apparently this one has like the grossest smelling liquid if you get near it. <laughs> it basically pukes ick on you. And it will make you smell forever. So they decide that uh, I think they learn from Hiromi? Maybe Mitsuki. Anyway. Um Oh no! This is its eye. So it's the the girl at the at the appraisal shop mm -hmm. that says that uh, this one really likes human girls. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Yomu who uh, gets distracted by them. So they uh, they put Kuriyama and Mitsuki into a group, and they're like, "All right, you guys are gonna distract it, and then we're gonna kill it. We're gonna turn this thing in and get some good money." Um, so they're trying to like be sexy for it so they can kill it. And, um, then they get stinky again because it fails. <laughs> they get stinky again. 
It's true. The whole time they get stinky. You're not and wrong, then but that's just a great phrase. They go in the showers and they're all yelling at each other like, oh, God, we're stinky again. We're in the showers. <laughs> um, so, like, half of the episode is spent with them, like, plotting new ways in the shower. Um, yes, Hiromi then explains that the last time that this Yomu or a Yomu of this form was killed, that there was a song that was used. <laughs> Um, so they're like, all right, well, then we'll just sing this song. Kuriyama is not a good singer, so they get stinky again. Um, so they're, they're showering, trying to figure out what to do. Um, they're just at this point, I think it's more rage that's driving them than <laughs> yeah. they want for money. <laughs> they're like, all right, what are we going to do? Um, so this is hilarious that what they decide to do is that they are going to learn the song. They're going to learn all the choreography. They make outfits, like idol outfits. Real good. They get Akihito and Hiromi in as like their backup dancers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so they just like perform this song and they have her lip sync. Um, but it's like this idol performance on the roof. It's real good. Um, but then they realize that, like, oh, crap, we haven't actually said that one of us is going to kill this thing. And so they get stinky once again. <laughs> After they spent so much time <laughs> trying to figure out a plan, they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> and this episode was so good just because we needed like a break from all the super serious stuff because like we know that Akihito's going through this depressive state and everything's been destructive and that Moroku's plotting in the background and uh, Zumi or whatever her name is we don't know everything's going badly and then at this point we're just like alright let's have an idol concert on the roof <laughs> <laughs> I snorted <laughs> it was a wonderful episode. It made me really happy. It's really it's it's <laughs> such a f-ing goofy thing, just like to break everything up because like it's not what you'd expect in the slightest. No, no, you wouldn't expect it. And like the fact that they got the boys involved as like backup dancers and everything is so funny. Like they made actual idol outfits. Mm-hmm. They they put so much time and effort into this. I'll wait for them to just get stinky again. <laughs> so, uh, their 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 methodology of trying to hunt this really uh valuable Yomu didn't work out for them. <laughs> nope. So, in the next episode, we're back to like actual plot. <laughs> This is where we like we start setting up like the latter half of the series, the big plot points for this, yeah, and like the big, the big upcoming arc. We uh we get Sakura into into the school now, and uh, so that has that dynamic of Sakura's there. She's still like somewhat murderous, but she's in their high school, and they kind of deal with her in a way and she ends up living whoa did you hear that nope okay good um so she ends up like staying with akihito for a bit 
and she explains more about like how her weapon uh, is able to like take those stones from the Yomu and get more powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, that somebody gave it to her. I wonder who that could possibly mm-hmm. be. Who's been shady in this series? Um, so she's still intent that she's going to kill Koryama for killing her sister. And uh, then Koryama shows up and she's like, hey, Akito, I have your phone. Let me in. Hey. And he's being really weird about it. So she realizes that he's hiding something and then ends up realizing that Sakura is there. And Whose shoes are these? Yeah. Um, which it, it it's interesting because I think this is one of the points where you realize that she's starting to have feelings for him. Mm-hmm. Because you can see on her face, like, she's upset that there's a girl's shoes there. And um, it just turns out that it's soccer. You know, the girl is trying to murder me. <laughs> so they they end up battling. And um, they soccer is still determined she's going to kill her. And um, during this whole situation, Kuriyama is able to, sh- like, Tell her, like, no, this is a bad idea. For one, please don't kill me. And two, that, like, you know, you need to live and you don't need that kind of scar on you. It's not fun killing somebody. And so Sakura's like, uh, all right, I guess I won't kill you. Basically, they end up reconciling. And she, um, she ends up living with, um, Kuriyama, Kuriyama, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, now we find out that this sphere that has been devouring Yomu, um, our mysterious person, which that didn't take very long, is is going to take it. Um, and that's Moroku. Wow, who's shocked? Oh, He's everyone a- here is shocked. Wow. Look at all the shocked faces. Banana- With the banana milk, I guess. Which banana milk is delicious, so at least he has good taste in that. Um... And then we get the beginning of this new, like, this refers to it as the calm, but it's like a new situation with a city that's similar to, like, the the hollow. But you start hearing the words beyond the boundary for the first time. That's the name of the show. Wow, they said the name of the series. So then it becomes a thing of, like, okay, what's beyond the boundary? I don't know. We'll find out. It is bad. It is a show. Good job. Um. So in the next episode, we get another postcard from mom. It's still awkward and weird. Um. And it's interesting that his mom is always like, "Hey, bad things are about to happen. Be careful." Uh, which the movie explains that a little bit more. But at this point in the series, it's like, how does his mom always know this stuff? Like, his mom seems really weird and is just like a regular human. Like, how would she know? Um, She's a wizard. I mean, she does dress up in weird outfits. So, <laughs> um, so during this situation, Yomu was supposed to be weakened. And um, there's even, like, a hint that Akihito could become not immortal during that time period. Mm -hmm. And so that's partially why his mom is like, Hey buddy, 
maybe be careful. That'd be a good idea. Because um, all moms don't want their kids to be, like, murdered. <laughs> all moms don't want their kids to lose their immortality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So... Moroku is talking to Mitsuki and is explaining a little bit about Beyond the Boundary. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense at this point. Um, and honestly, I didn't even really figure out what Beyond the Boundary was until like almost the end of the series. Right. <laughs> because it's like this weird like concept that they keep talking about, but you don't ever really get like an idea of what it is until later. Mm-hmm. Um, so you find out that Moroku has been uh, investigating the Nase family and um, that Izumi was actually involved with the whole thing with Kuriyama um, after Yui's death. So Izumi is kind of responsible for Kuriyama being there in this town. And... Um, Hiromi is fighting with Moroku and it basically everybody realizes that he's shady and needs to go. I don't remember this part either. Anyway, um, <laughs> so Akihito is going to the, um, he's basically trying to deal with the, the side effects of this calm because it, it's beginning and he's starting to feel the, the issues with it. It's like zapping him of his energy. Yeah. And, um, the whole issue is also affecting the the people that run the shop because they are also Yomu. Mm-hmm. And um, people are killing the, the other Yomu throughout the city because they're weakened, so it's a good time to kill the, the bad Yomu again. Whatever what constitutes a bad Yomu, I don't I don't know. So we find out that Moroku basically wants Akihito and we find out that Kuriyama like needs to stick with him, mm-hmm. but um, and it's during like the 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 train ride where you see Izumi like put him to sleep, but she does something to him that forces out his Yomu powers more so. Right. Oh, I forgot about that. And so his uh his Yomu form actually comes out, which is kind of the opposite of what you would think would happen during this calm period where everything's weakened. Correct. Um, so that's an interesting plot point, you guys. Why is it coming out? Besides the fact that Zumi's like, hey, I'm going to make this thing come out. <laughs> um, so in the next episode, they're finding him in his Yomo form. They're like, oh, crap. Um, everybody else is busy because they're fighting the other Yomu in town. And um, Moroku's still, like, fighting. And he's he's having a confrontation with Izumi. And there's, like, a weird dynamic there that isn't fully explained. Like, he is against her, but, like, working with her. And there's some kind of connection there. And... Um, I don't remember if it's this episode or what, but you find out that like they have the the Yomu in their eye. Right. Yeah. 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 They both have the Yomu in their eye, and they implanted it, um, which is weird and creepy. So Kuriyama's with Akihito. He's in Yomu form. He gets attacked by Izumi, but then he's able to get away. Um, Hiromi and Mitsuki have 
finished fighting whatever they are fighting. They go to the apartment of Akihito. I keep wanting to say Akihiko. <laughs> um, so turns out that the calm weakened his human half instead of the Yomu half. And so now he's basically like in his Yomu form. And they're trying to find him and you can track him easily because like the trees are all broken and messed up. Um, and so they're saying, all right, Koryama, you, you have to kill him. Um, because his Yomu half is going to take over and Well, it's more easy to me. He's like, hey, it. you should kill him. Right, right. Well, she's suggesting it, yes. And um, they're they're saying that the Yomu would take over. It would be dominant. They wouldn't be able to to do anything about it. And um, Mitsuki and Hiromi have been listening to all this other stuff going on. They're like, is there something else going on here that we don't know? Like, do we really know our sister? (laughs) No, not really. No, they're like, mm, there, there's someone else going on here. So then you find out that, like, yeah, she deliberately weakened his human half, and she's working with Moroku for some reason. Um, and they wanted um, the Yomu form of him to come out. And so Hiromi's basically like, mm-hmm. um, and he's telling her, uh, telling Kuriyama, like, no. You do not kill him. Don't do that. That's bad. Um, and then you find out that uh, Akihito's Yomu is beyond the boundary. <gasps> what? He's the show. He's the show. <laughs> um, and Moroku takes the uh, the Hollow Shadow Stone, and which I guess that was. It says it's in a vault. I don't remember. I guess they have like an archive because his family is so freaking loaded. Yeah, it's like a secret, like little safe or like kind of like archive. You said that they just kind of kept that in for the time being. So, um, Kuriyama is still tracking him. She finds him. Um, they battle, and she she gives him an ouchie. <laughs> she gives him an ouchie. She does. She gives him an ouchie. Um, and this is where it gets, the show gets weird. <laughs> you don't think the show's been weird up to but, this But, I mean, point? like, it gets weird in a different sense. You're correct. Um, so then the next episode, um, it's basically all flashback um, at certain points. And then, like, other points, it's Akito, like, oh, everything's fine. I'm awake. And you've been taking care of me. That's neat. Thank you. So you're getting to learn more about, like, why she's in the city, and you're also trying to figure out, like, okay, is he fine? Because, like, she hurt him. She gave him an ouchie pretty bad in the last episode, but now it's like she's been taking care of him. Um, You go through, like, several scenes of them, like, being somewhat domestic and all, and it, it, it turns out that, like, she used her blood and they're now in like some weird unconscious dream of his. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, that's adorable that his unconscious dream is just her taking care of him. Um, even though also like kind of man childish, but whatever. 
Um, so she was supposed to kill Beyond the Boundary. That was her one sole mission when she was brought there. But she's like, Akihito, I can't hurt you. And also the reason why in the first episode, she's repeatedly stabbing him. Right. Um, which was a joke at the time. No longer a joke. Not funny. Um, so she she was tasked with this, but then she got close to him and it made it hard for her to actually like pull that task out. She couldn't do it. Um, so she basically like sacrificed herself Mm -hmm. in order to like take the Yomu out of Akihito. Uh, get a smooch. Yay. Smooches. And like she is, and, uh, she's, like she's she become, gone. Yeah, she's gone, and she's also become kind of like assimilated into beyond the boundary. Yes. Yeah, that's that's weird. Um, so she's decided that like she's in this weird like alternate universe of beyond the boundary, and she's like, all right, I'm gonna take you down. Mm-hmm. So she's within it, trying to fight it. Um, and so there's this whole thing of like. Kuriyama was constantly told, like, you need to not attach yourself to him. Do not attach yourself to him. You have to kill beyond the boundary. And uh, when she, like, connected with him in a way, with, like, the whole um, hollow shadow situation where they realized they were not that far apart, and then throughout the series and the time, she started to care for him in a romantic way, obviously, because she kissed him. And, um, so she, she sacrificed herself. She's in this world. She's going to take down Beyond the Boundary from inside. Um, meanwhile, Akihito has been in like a coma. Yeah. Uh, because he, he was basically in like a state of shock after her being, separating the Yomu for him, but also like being gone. Um, so she's basically like thought of as dead and he doesn't have immortality anymore. He's a normal um, boy. You're a normal boy, Akihito. You can do whatever you want. Um, so he's talking to Izumi about like what the heck is going on? What is beyond the boundary? You know, what happened to Kuriyama? With Kuriyama saying that she was not going to kill Akihito she was basically like tricked into this other method of getting rid of beyond the boundary by Izumi. And, um, you found out that like Kuriyama was able to basically start liking herself and accepting herself because of her, her relationship with Akihito, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. Um, cause this is where you get more like, the romance side of it which I think is a good thing um, because they didn't like throw that in your face at the beginning you see it slowly develop through the series right? like you know that's where it's gonna go but at the same time like it, it doesn't feel like a rushed relationship like you can see them getting to it he obviously had a thing for her from the beginning but um, you know the number of times that she said like how unpleasant to him was hilarious (laughs) um which yeah he was unpleasant several times with his weird glasses thing 
So, um, it turns out, like, Moroku says that Beyond the Boundary is, like, in another dimension <laughs> battling Kuriyama, which, like you said, this is where the series gets weird. Um, so it's, like, this weird alternate universe type thing where they're fighting. And, um, Moroku being the shady individual that he is, is basically able to, like, give energy to Beyond the Boundary and, like, shows that it's there still, Mm -hmm. uh, which is creepy. (laughs) And um, so uh, it's his mom that summons them and says, like, hey, you know she's still alive, right? She's fighting that thing, which, again, is a big hint that his mom knows something. Yeah. And uh, so she gives Akito like a part of the the stone, the Yomu stone from beyond the boundary. He gets some of his powers back. And um, basically, Akito's like, "All right, I'm gonna go help her." Then, <laughs> like, all right, let's go. Um, so he's he's able to go into the weird fighting dimension and try and help Kuriyama. And so, in the next episode, they get to have their their reuniting. And um, there's another situation with the mom that is, like, isn't we hints that she knows more than she's letting on, but mom is like, YOLO, I gotta go, bye guys. <laughs> um, and there's, like, this weird underground, like, group of these warriors that have been shady and Izumi's part of it and Moroku's part of it and it doesn't really become as clear until the second movie about what was going on but we'll talk about that when I talk about the second movie um so he uh Akito's in the dimension fighting and he's using his abilities to like defend himself um which I don't remember exactly when it is, but there's like this weird part where like his leg gets severed and the animation was odd because it was just like black at that part because they don't show that kind of thing right. in Japan. But he's like, God, it was awful. Um, so everybody else is like, all right, Moroku, you suck. What's <laughs> going on? And so he's able to put himself into one of the cages with Izumi and so you're kind of like flipping between seeing the dimension with um, Akito and Kuriyama and then what's happening in the real world with them trying to figure out what's going on with Izumi and um, Moroku. And so um, Kuriyama's fighting. Hiromi is like trying to figure out what's going on with everybody else. Um they find out that Izumi isn't what she's like. She isn't as good of a person as everybody thinks she is. Um, Maroko gets like stabbed, which I mean, like he deserved. <laughs> um, and a lot of the whole like battle with uh, Beyond the Boundary is more of a like persona situation of like face yourself. 
not as in like a literal face yourself, but like face your issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also just like a lot of dang fighting. Um, and Akihito is able to reabsorb it into his body. And so beyond the boundaries gone. Um, she disappears again. Koryama does because she's like in that world at this point. Um, everything seems like it's kind of normal. You know, it, it's tragic that she's gone and everything else seems okay. Uh, beyond the boundary was, a, it was covered up. Uh, Hiromi takes over the clan because, uh, Izumi is like a wall and, uh, Akito's sad. <laughs> He's a sad and boy. He's a sad boy, and he uh, he held on to her ring, and then uh, the ring disappears. So he runs to the roof, and then he finds her there. He gives her the glasses back. The phrase that he says is different in English and Japanese, and I don't remember which one's actually correct. It doesn't say on this page, but um. He says a phrase that has to do with the glasses, and of course it frickin' does. <laughs> um, but basically he's, like, saying that he he loves her, but, like, with glasses. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a weird way for him to confess his feelings, but that's essentially what he does. So that's how the series ends, is she's back. And he confesses. And they're happy. And they're happy. Are they? Well. <laughs> for the series, the they are. The, yeah, for the series, they are. We get the movies. One of the movies is just like a recap. Are you, are you okay? Are you okay? Oh, man. When I first heard, like, found out about, like, how, like, obviously I knew, like, oh, this, this movie's a recap. But then I found out that they changed the ending. I was like, you I didn't know they changed the ending. Mother, I didn't watch the I didn't watch the movie, so I didn't know they changed so, yeah, the ending. Like, what did they so do different? The ending is the same, but Kiriyama doesn't know who Akihito is. She has okay, amnesia. So they, they, right, that's what they do with the movie. Is they right? They, yeah, the second movie is they show she has amnesia, so they just how, add that, that, yeah, that to the first movie. Yeah, that's how they end the first movie. Is that they change the the anime or the series ending? from being happy to her being like, I don't know who the f*** you are. Which is how the second movie starts. It's her basically saying, I don't know who you are. So she basically doesn't remember anything that's happened. Mm -hmm. And um, the thing that I find interesting about the second movie or the movie um, is that like he had kind of accepted that she was gone and then she appears back but she doesn't have her memories but then it becomes like this entire dilemma throughout the movie of like is it better for her to forget what happened Mm -hmm. or is it better for her to actually remember everything even though a lot of it is tragic right and I thought that was interesting because usually when you have like amnesia plots you have a situation of them saying like yeah you need your memories back duh but in this, Akita's like, does she really need it? Like, she seems happy without them. She's doing fine without them. 
like I can't really associate with her, which is hard on me, but like she's okay. It's like, do you forcibly put her through all that emotional trauma again just for your sake? Or do you just let her be happy how she is now? And if one day her memories come back, then that's the way it is. But I'm not going to force them onto her. Right. So it's it's really tragic because, like, he knows that she was the lone survivor of her family. Um, he knows that, um, you know, she had a lot of self-loathing. He knows that she murdered somebody, like, that she... Well, she killed somebody. She didn't murder them. And she has a lot of regrets on that. Then, you know, there's the whole situation with her and Akihito um, and how she felt a lot of trauma in terms of their fighting. Um, and so he's like, you know, is it is it a bad thing that she doesn't remember? And so that's a lot of what the movie is about. It's just him struggling with, like, you know, what do I do in this situation? And she's trying really hard to get close to him she's like you know there's something about you i gotta be close to you and he's like no 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 no. that's cool um i'll just be over here it's fine um so he he's basically like trying to separate himself from her and she's not having that because she feels some kind of pull to him um and I mean, this is, what, a, a year later? So um, Akihito is now a third year. She's a second year. I don't remember... Um, hmm. I don't remember how old... Um, Mitsuki is. Is she... I think she's, she's second. So she's, 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 a, same, she's a third year now. Yes, and then Hiromi would be gone. Hiromi's gone. He leaves a note on the uh, on the whiteboard of the literature club or literary club or whatever. Because um, that was my first hint that he had graduated was he had the note on there. And he was like an honorary member for life. And he ends up like dressing like a fabulous human being for some reason. Like, I'm an adult. He ends up wearing like... Right, he becomes an adult and he has like this great suit, trench coat and stuff. I'm like, whoa, dude, like you're still creepy and I hate you, but you know, cool, upgrade. So, it, I mean, it kind of goes in the same vein of like him trying to keep away from her until like she's forced to deal with it because she's a target. Right. Um, And I don't have an actual summary of this, so I'm trying to go off memory on that. Neither. I've only seen that film <laughs> once, so I barely remember anything from it. Oh my god. Um So I think the movie's actually where you find out about the implantation of the 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 eyeball. Probably. Yomis. I think so. I think that's what happens. And um there's a weird like body switching thing at some point with Zumi. But um, I know that you get more of a flashback of, like, what happened with the first fight with Hiromi and Akihito in this movie. Um, so you see that, like, he almost died because of Akihito, which you had hints of it. And I think at some point you saw his back scars. 
from it, but you see an actual like flashback of that, and that they apparently made an OVA of it too. They did, but I never saw that. I have seen that. How is it? It's good. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long time since I've seen it, so that's all I can say. But it's basically what you describe. It's like it's a it's a prequel to the entire series, and it's about uh, Mitsuki and Hiromi trying to take out Akihiko. Akihito. See, I did it. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Um. So essentially, like, I don't remember a lot of things that happened, but. She's dragged back into it, and it, it's a method of her getting her memories back. And but she never um, technically gets them back. Right? Yeah, I think she gets some of them back, but and, not all um, of it. Not all of it back. And I think that, um, like, you get the cute scene with the train, where like they're on the the train tracks, not on the train tracks, but on the other side of the train tracks, and like they hold hands. Um. Essentially what this is, is like more fighting, more cute stuff, and like an amnesia plot that ends up somewhat resolving itself in a way that like ends up with a decent relationship with Akihito and uh, Kuriyama. Mm -hmm. Um, I regret that I don't remember more about this movie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, Like I said, I remember that there was the implantation of the eyes and I think that Moroku like took over Izumi's body that could be a thing and that um <laughs> like he was essentially manipulating her body into fighting and like that was why she uh Kuriyama was targeted um because we know that Moroku's like mostly interested in the power of beyond the boundary right Akito still has beyond the boundary mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a situation of shenanigans, but it seems like an odd thing that they had to make this movie Yeah, because they had essentially a happy ending with anime and then like they undid the happy ending to make this movie to have a happy ending at the end, at the end. Right. I mean, I was happy more that they got like to hold hands and all, but even still, like it just seemed odd. Like I'm not sure and if like the the second movie is more stuff from the light novels or not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is it is a little strange, especially because like you know they make a recap movie and then immediately they're like, well, here's a more of the story, which is cool, but <laughs> it's not exactly what you're expecting or might want. Yeah, I mean it's it's neat that it exists, but at the same time, like, does it really need to exist? Right. Like, do I need to have everything solved for me? Especially like um, with the, with the the series in general, like, you pretty much have everything solved for you, right? In a way that is satisfactory to what you would want. I didn't need this movie. I'll be honest with you. I I didn't need the movie. Yeah, I mean that's fair. It was fine. I watched it. Um, it gave me a good experience with a dub cast, which was awesome. I think, like, it's, it's um, as a solace because, like, obviously they're not going to make any more of this series. Right. Like, sure, I will take this, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really need it. Like, it's not necessarily something that is crucial to the understanding of the entire plot or anything, or just even in general. I would be more likely to rewatch the series than I would be to rewatch the movie. A hundred percent. 
Like I would rewatch the series now. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. But I don't I don't think I'd go back and watch the movie. It doesn't add anything like um you know we were talking about um a few weeks ago the orange movie. That added a lot to it. Um even though it had some like retelling of stuff, it also had a lot of new plot points that I felt like were important. And I'm yeah. not sure that I felt the same way about this okay. one. It was pretty. Right. But I was like, okay, like you, you took away like her memories and it didn't like, that's a lot of what makes her, her, mm-hmm. um, because she does have a lot of like self-loathing issues and she does have a lot of like self-esteem issues and she's even able to like get past those and care for herself and Akihito in an interesting way. And then they're like, all right, well let's just erase all that. Now she's just a regular girl. Yay. I'm like, What? Like, that was a big part of the main series was to have her overcome her issues. And then they're like, well, she doesn't have to have those issues anymore. It's fine. And then, like, oh, we're going to bring back a lot of those issues. Cool. Thanks. So, like, the one really interesting thing that this movie did, in my opinion, is just that whole idea of, like, if there's an amnesia plot, are you better off not having your memories? Right. Um, Because that's not something that you typically get. I mean, I think it's telling that, like, they put out those movies. Like, they did English, you know, releases of them through Sentai. Uh-huh. And I didn't bother picking up either of the movies. <laughs> when right, I did, well. When I did pick up, like, the, the actual series. Yeah. Again, I would be more than happy to rewatch the series itself. Um, no problem whatsoever. But I don't think that I would watch the the movie again Mm -hmm. um and again it's not like anything necessarily against the movie in and of itself i just don't think it added a whole lot yeah i think that's a a fair critique of this i didn't do the best job recapping i'm sorry but um you did fine it was you did better than i would have because i like i said it's been a long time since i've seen this so yeah and it's storming like crazy here because florida Um, but it's a really good series. It's a beautiful series. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of interesting characters, even though one of them is terrible. Um, like I said, he's a good character. He's just annoying, gross. And like his sister calls him a pervert constantly. I'm like, yeah, you're not wrong, girl. You're not wrong. Um, so I think that I could have done without certain aspects of it, but overall, like it was a really good series and, um, I, I would definitely buy it. Uh, also because I have to talk about it. Daisy is fantastic. (laughs) Oh my God. Daisy is such a good song. It's very good. Um, which like the animation to accompany it was also really really fantastic and that's one thing that I cannot emphasize enough is that like the art of this is beautiful um like all the fight scenes are really well um choreographed but also well animated and they're fun to watch and they're different each time so it's not like you're watching the exact same fight scene over and over and over right um so it's it's neat for me because you don't often get like an actiony romance. Like it's it's a mix of action shoujo and it's awesome. Um, 
I just really, really liked it. Um, I related a lot to uh, Kuriyama and, you know, maybe someday when I have money, I'll do a straight up cosplay. I already have the glasses. <laughs> I just have to get red ones. There you go. Um, and a sweet cardigan. It's true. Got to get a sweet cardigan. I will not pose in weird semi-pornographic pictures, though. Yuck. Um, so I, I remember that you were like pleased that I watched this, even though I thought that I told you and I apparently didn't. Whoops. So, um, are you, are you still pleased that I watched this? No, I'm displeased. <laughs> no, so yeah, I'm still pleased. Of course. Um, so yeah, I really can't recommend it enough. I would say it is a, a, a good enemy that you should watch. And if you listen to all of this, you already know exactly what's going to happen, sort of, because I'm not the best at telling summaries. But even then, I hit the major plot points, you guys. So you'll know. But even then, it's still worth watching, in my opinion. I would agree. Yay! All right. I got nothing else. <laughs> You're all... You're all summaried out. Summaried out. It's storming like heck and it's kind of freaking me out. I don't like storms. Well, let's wrap this um, up then. Yeah. Florida, man. Um, not Florida, man, but Florida, <laughs> comma, man. Florida, man. Hate storms. And now that I'm like living in Florida, I have to contend with like summer storms every day. And I'm like, Ooh. Florida, man goes outside and, to fight storms. So, um, Fun fact about Al, she doesn't like storms and has been traumatized by 18 years of living in Tennessee with tornadoes. Welcome to my world. Yay. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, if you'd like more from us, go to seasonlanguagecheckup.com or SEC.cool where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Season Language Checkup and Jared and Al Watch. You can find columns and reviews on the site as well. Uh, you can find... find more from com. <laughs> she has columns and reviews as well follow us on twitter twitter.com slash anime checkup and you can support us on patreon patreon.com slash SACOVA uh, next week we will we have ideas for stuff we just don't have anything mm -hmm. committed currently correct but uh, you'll know when we do yeah trying to get through some stuff yeah uh, so look forward to what we do next week because it'll be a a boomer. <laughs>